Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 31st, which means it is time for another We Are MCBS podcast. My name is Pete Episcopo. So good to be with you guys. And um, I'm missing my compadre, Jason Gillette. But to offset the pain of not having Jason here, a wonderful bomb today. We've got so many great people in-house, including the infamous WooHoo crew. Always here, ready, ready and able. Um, so, yeah, it is, uh, you know, we're in the heat of summer, right in the middle of it, picking up from last week's podcast. And we've got back with us in the studio today, uh, Eileen and Bob, Bob Truitt from DCBS. Good to see you guys again. Thank you for making it back in. I know it's been a oh, long, yeah, long drive, wonderful week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're back and, uh, actually Kayla's a week older than when we were here last time too. She's wow, time really still not needing that app that we it talked about the, the face app. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to jump right into this thing. So, um, I think we've got a story from Eileen on Instagram this week. She, Instagram is in your crosshairs this week. So yeah. what, what do we got about Instagram, Eileen? Well, Instagram has implemented, um, a while ago, they implemented this um, in certain areas of the world where they took away seeing how many likes your friends' photos were getting. Um, so if I posted a picture, I could see how many likes it got, but nobody could see how many likes I got on my photo. So um, basically what they're trying to do is help like make Instagram less competitive because people compete to get likes. Um, and like less pressurized and a bit more personal. So it's more like you're liking the photo because you actually care about that person. Or, I mean, like, unfortunately, if this was happening before the infamous egg, the egg wouldn't have mattered. But <laughs> um, but they're doing that. Um, but it very much looks like what Visco has already been doing for a while. Um, and Visco is very similar to Instagram and you can't see how many likes you get. Um, nobody can see likes on Visco. Um, so they're doing that. Um, and they actually just implemented it into six more countries. Um, and they've said, uh, if it goes well, um, and they think the users are liking the new experience, they're going to implement it worldwide is what it looks like. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I think like people who are competitive on Instagram, it will do like, it will make changes. Um, but like for me who just post, I don't know, every couple of months to be like, Hey people, I'm still alive. I'm still around. Um, I just don't care. I I think so. I post on my Instagram story way more than I post on my actual Instagram yeah. because I like the idea of like just having something up for 24 hours and not having right. yeah. like I don't care who sees it for those 24 hours, but I don't want it on a feed forever. Right, exactly. Um which makes Instagram appealing from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's what clearly we've seen Instagram do this in the past. Like, stories existed on Snapchat before they existed on Instagram. Like, Instagram, I think, is one of the most, like, user-friendly 
social medias out there. So I think they just kind of pull the best parts of every social media and make it the best it can be. Um, And so far, I would say they're winning. Um, Like for me, I like to get on Instagram to like see what my friends are up to and stuff like that. So I think taking away likes would actually be smart for your average user. I need them to be around for a while because we're going to be putting tutorials actually up on IGTV. Yeah, so they need to be successful because I'm investing time. And you know what's so funny, though? I'm, like, doing these tutorials right now, and, you know, they have to be in portrait sort of, you know, vertical. But I'm actually still shooting them. Uh, They're, like, split screen, and I'm editing them in Rush. But just in case, like, even if Instagram (laughs) decides to, like, not be cool anymore, uh, then I have to have, you know, the tutorials set up so I can put them in some other format. So um, I need to I need Instagram to just be successful for at least another year. (laughs) (laughs) So I am. But I am one of those casual users. I I do agree. It's really simple. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, so we'll see how it goes. I think it'll go well. I think they'll take it worldwide. I don't know why. I don't I don't know how it would go bad, but. I mean, people complain about when every social, every time a social media platform changes something, somebody's going to complain. Well, we will return to this story again and check maybe six months from now and see where this thing went and uh, follow up on it. So thank you, Eileen. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, we are uh, moving right along with our show this week, and um, we're going to turn to our buddy Bob Truitt. Um, again, uh, for those of you that may not have been with us last week, Bob is the program director for the Digital Cinematography Bachelor of Science program, which is an online program at Full Sail, uh, and a good friend uh, of ours here at MCBS. Our programs intertwine a lot. We are geographically close to each other in Building 4D, and um, lots of great stuff. Bob's been around the Friday Blends so long and just been so supportive of our students and uh, I know I enjoy always interacting with uh, his course directors in the program there. So, Bob, great to have you back with us this week. Always a good time, Pete. Always a good time. Yeah, so I kind of want to pick it up from where we were last week. We had a lot of discussion about uh, your story, all kinds of good tips you, you're giving us, like live with your knees. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just want to kind of keep going. And, again, we were building off of this uh, Hall of Fame week type of thing, which was supporting students. And so we're going to kind of cap that off with this week's um, uh, time with Bob. So uh, we kind of heard about, you know, what DCBS, how closely related actually it is to MCBS. And, um, and then a little bit about how you got into editing. I want to start out this week by talking about um, – Universal, because like basically when my son was little, he used to watch Double Dare on uh, Nickelodeon, and you were you were on that show, right? Yes, I was. I, I worked on Super Sloppy Double Dare. So uh, you know, I always ask this question of you, but I might as well start out with it. So like, what's slime like? What, what's the slime like when you got slimed on that show? What's that stuff made of? Sticky, gooey, and smelly. Really? It's all it's all made out of food products. Food products. Like gelatin type stuff? Uh, more like uh, applesauce, pudding, stuff like that. So after a while, especially if it sits out in the sun, it has a nice aroma to it. Especially when it was put back away, then you bring one of the yeah back out. You're like, ah, oh, nice. You got to make sure you hose every crevice oh, yeah. of the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I worked. I worked with the audience. Who does that, by the way? Who, what, what, like when we're watching the credits, who did the hosing? Oh, I, I know a lot of people got hosed. I just want to. I just want to know, so maybe students avoid that job. Well, it didn't have a specific name, not as far as I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Custodial staff, yeah, something like that. Hey, we all had a good time, though. We all had a good time. That's cool. Yeah, and so, um, so tell us about that, the Universal. So you were there before the park oh yeah well uh worked on the first first feature that was shot at universal over here in orlando and the first television show so the first movie was the spring so i was assistant camera on that and that was when we were shooting they had the sound stages built but they were building the park so when we would shoot for long hours of the night you had to watch yourself when you left because there were no particular roads everywhere. There was a lot of dirt roads still at the time. There was ditches. So when you got in your car, you're like, okay, hang on. I got to make sure I'm leaving this place correctly. <laughs> right. You don't fall into a ditch and say, Where, where'd they go? Yeah. Yeah. But there was a lot of other shows there too. So it was, I worked on the spring there, worked on Super Sluppy Double Dare. Uh, let's see. They had the new Leave it to Beaver was being shot. And they also had Sequest was also out there. So you'd, You'd go, you'd see one soundstage, you'd see another soundstage, and you'd run into friends. So you'd get brought into another soundstage. I was out there one day, and they had Sequest was going on. And a friend of mine from college happened to be working on Sequest, so they brought me over. He said, hey, hey, I want you to, you know, come on the set. So Anson Williams was the director for a couple of happy days. And I, I was sitting down with him. I said, you know, I was just working on a movie with a friend of yours because I had worked on the sp uh, Parenthood. Uh, so that was Ron Howard. Steve Martin? Steve Martin was on it, but Ron Howard was the wow. was the um, director on it. So now it's Anson Williams is now he was the and director. He was, he was the, right. He was with him on Happy Days, so he was also directing the Sequest. And they brought me on the set, and he had Michael Ironside who took over for Roy Schneider. And so Michael Ironside was standing there on the set, and they came over to introduce me to him. And he turns around. He was like pulling his pants back up. He was putting his 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 little his costume on and everything. And he's like, "Hang on for a second. Zzz. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He goes, nice to meet you." I'm like, "Nice to meet you too." Oh man, so that was like. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at your story, right? Because we're all about story here at MCBS, but um, or one of the things we're all about. Uh, but you know you you're kind of around at the beginnings of things you're around when video editing is is going to the computer very much like the way i was when pro tools came out and i was recording on uh two inch tape 24 track and then all of a sudden boom we started recording on the atari computers and then you had sound tools and pro tools uh, being in at the beginning at the ground level is kind of a cool thing isn't it oh yeah it's it's very cool and you know you see changes throughout the time but it's also learning from the past as well because a lot of the newer newer applications newer pieces of gear it's based on something so if you're in on the ground floor of a lot of those things which i'm not saying i was actually on the ground floor but you know f first adopters things like that so you can start you know deconstructing things in your in your head on how things work when the newer versions come out so we actually, when I was on the spring, they were actually editing the spring on the montage system, which if you've never seen the montage system, picture a wall full of decks. And then you had a controller and you popped all the tapes in and you were actually accessing all these different 
um, machines to take a piece of video to be put on, you know, another piece. So your timeline, and it was like, it was just massive. And yeah, it was like uh, when I, I always tell the story in class when I was a kid, my dad worked for the New York Telephone Company and they were working on the picture phone. And uh, you could, you know, he would be a couple floors down talking to me and I'd be having a video chat in like 1966. But, you know, he said, we just don't have the technology to make this. Uh, it'll probably be wireless in the future and, you know, blah, 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 everything that we have now. Um, so it is. It's kind of fun to be on the early adoption part of it. But it also, uh, you know, what would you say to students about that? Because that's... Uh, that's, that's something I always think about, like, what is their new technology today? Is it AR? Oh, you have AR, AI, yeah. VR. Mm -hmm. There's a multitude of things. Everything that we would imagine back when we were kids, when we would watch Star Trek or anything like that on TV back in the 60s. Yeah. So you're like, wow, that's cool. Wow, look at that. And cell phones came from that. You're looking at the, you know, the communication devices and everything. And then later you see this little flip thing. We're like, that looks just like it was on Star Wars. I mean, Star Trek, you know, Star Trek. So you're like, wow, these, you know, it has to come from somewhere. So it's all, you know, someone had to imagine it and then put it together. I am like so still waiting to have a chat, but that's like hologram chat, like in Star Wars. I'm very disappointed that has not happened yet. They haven't had, we still don't have our flying cars as much. I mean, there are, they're out there. There are those flying cars out there, but Hey, I don't have one yet. And we don't have the holographic, you know, the holodeck. I'm still waiting on that. Yeah. Like you could be chatting with me from, well, actually Pete, I'm not even here. Right. Yeah. Like, but, but I am a hologram. I made my own. I want to hold my cell phone flat. Like it's just sitting on the table, like flat, and then the person pops up there, and um, yeah, I'm I'm like waiting for that, and I'm. They have all the precursors with all this AR and and AI and yeah, all this RCA, KFC, CNN <clears throat> going on today. I need a little of that. Yeah, I need some of that. So like, um, if we're gonna talk technology and being at the ground floor, I'm gonna have one question, then I'm gonna turn it over to the uh, students because we're we're up against a five minute window here so t minus um and we don't even have time to talk about how your dad worked in the space program and all that kind of stuff you used to play around by the vehicle assembly building what okay so yeah if you guys see bob around the campus you mcbs students corner him and make him tell you stories i actually met the living mercury astronaut that is i yeah well i was a closet astronaut growing up so i totally yeah i'm i we have lots of conversations about that um, but uh, getting back to the technology thing, the, the question I wanted to ask you is, if there was, like, what is, uh, what's one of the things you kind of waited for to happen by now and has not happened, and you're kind of like, mm, even though so many incredible things have happened in technology, and it could be about cameras, it could be about cell phones, whatever. I know I have mine. Well, that's what I was just talking about, holograms. Oh, so you're with me on that one. Yeah. I want my hologram. I want a holodeck and... Yeah, the whole thing. Like, it gives context. Well, just think, if you were in a... You went, instead of going to the movie theater, you went to a hollow room. And so the whole movie was shot as a hologram. So you're in the middle of all this, so everything is going on around you, 360 degrees all the way around you. You're immersed in this. So let's say you're in a battle scene. you got people running by you, and you're watching every single detail that's going on. I'm thinking about the trailer for Lights Out with that. Where the lady goes in, you hear the, chick, 
and she's like, she's like, you know, 30 yards away from me, looking creepy. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, boom, the music hits. And she's like, you know, right in front of my face. And I'm like, up goes the popcorn. I like hide under the seat. Yeah. Right. So, so we're back to Double Dare all over again. They got to clean the place after it. My gosh, what the heck? You're gonna have to clean the place. They're just gonna put a drain in the middle of the theaters, and they just hose it all down. So let's turn this over to the students. We got like just a little bit of time. We're up against a, a hard uh, finish here. So um, let's uh, questions around the room. Um, Eileen is, uh, you know, Eileen's a go-getter, man. She's like ready to go right there. So Eileen, get on that mic and let's. What's your question? Um, so it's kind of like a two in one. Um, so what, um, would you say is your most, was your most, or yeah, was your most pivotal moment in your career? And then what made you switch from like being on like sets and editing to being a teacher or like coming to a school? Other than when you met me. Uh, oh yeah, Pete. I mean, pivotal point was Pete. Pivotal Pete is what we call him here. Pivotal Pete. Everything relies on that. Uh, I think uh, one of the pivotal points would be when I went from camera to editing. New technologies, and it just jump-started everything. There was a lot of camera people around, and new technology was driving a new workforce. So getting in there and going. And after years of doing that, I worked with a lot of interns, so a lot of interns would come in. I was in charge of post-production at a facility, so I ran post. Dealt with a lot of up-and-coming you know, students, interns, so they wanted to go into camera, they wanted to go into editing. And this business can get, as people attest to it, very stressful. So a lot of late hours, a lot of stressors and everything that deal with the projects and the one the one key advice I came away with all the time in production I was I was called in for a weekend I came in on Friday night worked Friday Saturday and Sunday on a project and it was for a, I think it was for a commercial campaign and the producer came over from California so he flew in to work with me. We worked on this, and we're sitting there waiting. Back in those days, you had to wait for things to render. So, yeah, I'm going to do this effect. It's rendering. Let's wait. We only have four hours, so we can wait. So you would go off, and you'd talk and have a conversation. And the one key thing he told me, he says, it's only money. He says, I don't know why people stress so much about this job because it's only money. It's not like someone's going to die if you don't get this done exactly on time. Now, yes, you should be concerned about getting you know, the job done on time because it is money, but don't put so much stress on it. You want to get things done at, at the correct time when it's due, but don't put so much stress on it. And Well, the second part, the second part was after all that, a lot of people had suggested, why don't you, you know, have you ever considered teaching? And I had taught years before. I was a substitute teacher and also... I taught tennis and some other things, and I thought, hmm, maybe I'll check it out. I came over here and to Full Sail, interviewed, and I started from there. I started from the bottom and worked back up. You have had like a Forrest Gump life already. My life is like a box of chocolates. 
There's still a lot more ahead. Addie's here with Addie. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I am so pleased to see you today. Uh, Addie has a question, so here we go. You know, Full Sail is known for like its film program. How do you see DCBS in relation to the film program, and like, what are the differences to the student experience uh, coming as like, you know, somebody who runs DCBS versus you know the film program? What do you what do you see as those differences and all right. Well, when I first came over to Full Sail, I was actually in the film program. And I have a film background, film degree. I ended up being a department chair over in film. And I was I was the post instructor teacher over there. Well, film was all about being part of a team. So you're going to have a specific job on a film, let's say. So you would strive to be the editor, the grip, the director of photography, the producer, the director. So you had your specific job that you did and everybody, you all worked together for the common goal. Now, digital cinematography, a little different. This is more of the independent person. So the digital cinematography student is gonna wear several hats. So you're gonna look at what are your key areas that you excel in. So. What are you really good at? So it could be directing, editing, and let's say lighting. So that's what you're gonna concentrate on. And when you graduate, those are gonna be your key jobs that you're gonna be working on, and then you'll hire someone or others as subcontractors. So you're gonna go out and usually, probably like an ENG crew, where you're two to three people working on things. Now you could be working on bigger projects, but most of your projects are going to be commercial campaigns. They're going to be commercials, music videos, corporate industrials, things like that. It's a great question. Um, and unfortunately all the time we have today for questions. So to you guys out there, um, again, it's just great. Uh, Bob, first of all, thanks for being in studio with us. Anytime Pete. So th that checks in the mail then? Oh yeah. It's on the way. It's on the way. Um, but, uh, no, seriously, you guys, you know, uh, if you see Bob around now, you kind of know the person behind the name and, uh, you see how supportive a lot of the, uh, folks are here at Full Sail, uh, outside of your own degree program. Um, so Bob, again, like you just can't thank you enough for what you do for our students and supporting them. Uh, anytime. Always happy to talk to people. And, uh, yeah. So, um, but that's about all the time we have today. So we will catch up with you next time. And until then, uh, on behalf of everybody here in studio and Jason, wherever you are today, um, we would just like to say uh, have a great week and woohoo crew on the way out. Woo there we go. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye for now.